0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here.
0: The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Yo, what's happening Rush Nation? It is Murphy, it is a Monday night, it is a flagship show, you'll notice there's no Daniel, his internet um, was cut off. Um about 40 minutes ago and this whole close doesn't have internet so sky and fiber broadband have cost us a host but that is okay the show as always must go on you've got me i apologize for not being here last week most of you will probably be aware or heard or noticed that i was moonlighting on another podcast last week which was uh, scheduled twice Um, I moved it both times and I couldn't really afford to move it the third time uh, with the house move so um, that was basically it was a schedule conflict and I felt bad cancelling twice and I I, you know couldn't cancel it a third time but it was good fun to be on with Joe and and everyone at at Fantasy Pros. I appreciate every opportunity he and and the team there give me to go on and and talk about fantasy football here in the UK and, and talking about um players and and reaching an audience so if you listen to me on there and you're tuning in for the first time to our show welcome i appreciate you joining it's not normally just me but you have got me tonight and that's fine we're going to go through and talk about uh week 13 exclusively and then some new things i'm going to talk about with regards to the playoffs and a bit of strategy and if you've never listened to the show before or you have and still sort of getting quite sort of under the skin of the show. I think what really defines five yard, basically in the 500 odd episodes that we've done, especially the ones that, that I tend to be on is a try and broaden the horizon away from just stats and numbers. You can get stats and numbers anywhere. I do provide some, and I provide some context and some takes to them, but realistically, you know, learning the right places, you, you will find the stats and numbers that you are you are looking for in terms of what I try and do is take that to a level but then on top of that bring in some strategy and some guidance and think about how you can try and dominate and win games and that's ultimately what we're going to do tonight so if you've been listening for the last few weeks you would have heard me talk about uh, handcuffs Uh, running about handcuffs you've asked you'd heard me talk about get rid of players uh, off your roster. You told me about bringing in players. And if you listen to any of that advice, we talked about Javonta Williams, you'd be pretty happy right now selling Aaron Jones or, um, you know, the Naji Harris uh, risks and Benny Snell, which has gotten me some stick on Twitter, which is fine. I, you know, I'm a big boy I can take it. So um, yeah, the premise of this show is really just to go through and give you some, an extra layer of thinking because now we get into the playoffs our, our rosters actually need to be quite different to maximize full potential and i'm going to talk about that a little bit in this show as well um so before we get into it there's just a couple of things i want to bring up first is, is what's new at five yard rush and um, not a lot if if being honest we've plowed through with 14 weeks into the season now this is it's been uh, a grueling season of heavy schedule especially if anyone knows me and the work i've been doing over with pfn and uh, fantasy pros and uh, all the work i do on the site and rankings and and podcasts and extra podcasts and the Patreons and and everything else um yeah. plus i do watch pretty much every game as well on game Pass. um so it, it's it been a, a long season we've had you know a, a few missed shows here and there but not many to be honest you know we've put in i think we've done close to 100 shows this season which is just a, a, a high amount uh of shows and and everyone is is really sort of grueling and grinding along and we've given away a lot of uh opportunities to play dfs for free and, and given away cash prizes and given away uh, other prizes as well. We've raised money for charity. You know, it's been an incredible season and we're getting really near the end of that. And so that does mean that the volume of content goes down uh, a little bit because the appetite, most people tend to be kind of fantasied out at this point of the season. 14 weeks is a long time. It's over. It's three and a half months. Team might not be making the playoffs. You kind of thin down the excitement of the season and it being new it's kind of waned off, and, and I've always been the opposite way that I always think actually this is the best time of the year because pretty soon we're not going to have this anymore. We're not going to have these, you know, realistically, we have uh five weeks left of football like a full kind of slate of football on a Sunday, and then it just goes to ad hoc games through the playoffs. So make the most of it. Um, but really, what's going on at five years? just support all the guys, they've been phenomenal this season. Uh, dynasty guys dfs uh idp uh college guys have moved to wednesday so if you've missed that in the scheduling and they also are on the main channel now so if you've been waiting for a college podcast to drop on the actual channel please do switch over to the main channel uh patrons first of all shout out to our patrons our patrons are absolutely amazing they help keep the lights on and they help keep uh the wheels turning here at five yard and we really wouldn't be anything without them So first of all, a massive thank you. And if you want to join, this is a great time of year to join because, uh, you get access to exclusive Patreon casts I do every couple of weeks, which is very strategy based and, uh, thinking about, and a lot of the things I, you know, talk about, I don't talk about anywhere else. They're just things in my mind. Um, and they're very exclusive to the chat. Some things I do bring into the actual pod, but I, it's a couple of weeks later, um, so really the patrons get all of the information they get my basic mind dump and strategy well in advance of of uh the show uh not to mention they get access to me i answer every single one of their questions sometimes i do miss a few there's some volume but i do do my best to make sure i get every single question answered and um they'll they'll vouch for that so a great bunch of people and they interact with each other we have a, a basically a whatsapp chat so you can join that and literally you can join today um and we also give you if you subscribe to uh certain tiers we give you merchandise back that effectively pays for your membership so um you know you you, it's not just getting you're not just giving money for nothing you know you you are going to get uh back some some merchandise and discounts and copies of the book and on top of that you get access to me, which might be a good or bad thing, you know, like you decide that. But hopefully we win some ships together and that's what it's all about. So please do check out patreon.com forward slash five yard rush. And if you know you just want access to someone and just sense check, you know, I get back to people as as quickly as I can. And some people on Twitter have said, you know, you don't answer all your starts questions. I don't on, on Twitter if, if I'm honest with you, because one, I get so many now. Um it's just too many to actually follow up on and two you know it it, at the end of the day i get some people ask me 20 30 questions a season and it's like i get it but at some point you don't you like people don't engage with our content so it's like they'll ask me a question and it's a question i answered on the show that week and you're just like okay you, you clearly don't listen so, you're just basically asking me questions and, and you don't engage in our content. It's, it's just one of those things. So, the best way to get access to us all the time patreon.com forward slash five. I'm going to get into the show now because nine minutes in. Oh, it's reviews. One last thing. Please do leave us a review on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and all good podcast places that really help get visibility of the show up. I'd really appreciate it. I don't think we've had one for a while, but uh, we've had some amazing reviews over the years. So, please, it, it, honestly, they do make a, a huge amount of difference to our reach and audience. So please do leave us a review on 5-Year uh, Rush stock um, on Apple Podcasts uh, for the podcast 5-Year Rush. really appreciate any reviews. You do take the time to write and feel free to borrow any other devices in your household and write them on there too. Right. So we're going to get to some news. Um, so let's start with a couple of bits of news that's going on. First of all, Daniel Jones looks like he's going to be out multiple weeks so it does look like there's going to be a change at quarterback for the giants and that's something that we i guess can look forward to um and go forward from there so uh yeah we'll see what happens i i think i think you know when it comes to the change of quarterback there it is uh slightly irritating for fantasy daniel jones is a productive fantasy quarterback I'm not going to recommend anybody to pick up Jake Fromm. Uh, The offense isn't good. Everyone's injured. And uh, I'm not imagining Jake Fromm to shoot the lights out here, nor do I think he's a long-term plan investment. So don't pick up Jake Fromm. uh, Let's just nurse through (laughs) the Giants in the rest of the season. Uh, Jack, actually, I met Jack Humphrey. Those of you in the UK community know Jack Humphrey very well. I met him yesterday. He came and joined the Bucks game. I actually posted uh, a picture of him on Twitter with, a Bucks jersey on who's a good sport cause he's a Giants fan he actually asked me why do I like Daniel Jones so much and I was like well, I, I don't know about like him so much but I do like him um I li- I'd rather have him over at say Baker Mayfield because I do think he's got ability and talent I know everyone kind of jokes and he shouldn't have be taken at six overall and I understand all of that and I, and I wouldn't have him at six overall but I do think he's got talent and I think he's got ability he has issues and he needs to get coached but He has a lot of the characteristics you'd want. I like the fact he's mobile. He can make plays of his legs. He can make plays. He's got a decent pass on him. It's just, it's ball handling issues and just reading situations. I'd be interested to see when he gets a decent offensive coordinator, because I'm not classing uh, Pat Shermer and Jason Garrett as those, just because they've both been fired. So give him a decent offensive coordinator and give him a lineup. that not broken every week. and We can see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, when we get to um, so that's the first bit of news. Uh, David Cully is going to evaluate what's going on. Tyra Taylor is now injured for a few weeks, so it does look like he is going to be out for his week to week. It doesn't again doesn't really change anything for fantasy. Brandon Cooks is the only player from that team you'd you'd be starting, and you hope you get something better than than what you got yesterday. And hopefully Davis Mills will come in and 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 do I don't want to say a job, but will be competent at at the very least uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, Lions obviously win their first game. Congratulations to them. Dan Campbell really touching statement where he dedicated it to the victims of the high school shooting there in Detroit. And you know it's a big moment for him. You know the Lions have been a laughing stock. I've I've made fun of them as much as anybody else has. But at the end of the day, you know, he is a rookie head coach. He's actually impressed me in all ways with his attitude and the way he's tried to go out and win games. And I think I've said that on here a few times. So good luck to him and pleased that he has got his uh, first win as a head coach. Uh, he's definitely deserved that at the very least. Um, so well played to him. And yeah, I, as for Mike Zimmer and what happens with the Vikings, uh, they've got a lot of problems uh, ahead of them. We're going to touch upon a few of them as we go through. Um, Joe Burrow dislocated his little finger in the loss to the Chargers yesterday. They, he's going to play through it, and you know, will probably just play with a strapping, and he will play through it for the rest of the season. So it be, remains to be seen if that takes anything off him. Uh, but there is just a little nick there, so something to to keep an eye on. The Panthers have fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady after a five and seven start to the season, and senior offensive assistant Jeff Nixon will coordinate the offense for the remainder of the season um now my thoughts on this and i'm thinking about the panthers offense now is this is an arrow down for dj moore this is an arrow down for robbie anderson this is an arrow down for any of the pass catchers uh, in that team uh Tennis marshall jr if you had him and you were hoping on him i mean it's a narrow i mean it's a temporary arrow down but it's going to be for us this season because um there's there's two two reasons for this the first of all is that Uh, Jeff Nixon's never called plays in the NFL he's never been a play caller in the NFL Uh, he did it for two years at Baylor under Matt Rawls so obviously they know each other there is a system that they are familiar with but also he was a running backs assistant and you know Matt Rawls said he wants to run the ball 30 to 35 times a game Chuba Hubbard's not going to get all that work so I think Chuba Chuba Hubbard is now up I think Amir Abdullah if he's on waiver wires he's probably worth a speculative ad I'm not saying he's going to sit here and shoot the lights out and be an incredible player but I do think given what they've got there and the fact they want to run the ball 30-35 times a game and they've just appointed their uh, assistant running back coach to be the offensive coordinator for the rest of the season says to me that that's what they plan to do, to run the ball 30-35 times a game and get that balance right. So, uh, yeah Amir Abdullah should be picked up in, in most leagues, so make sure you go ahead and do that and Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup first player of the season to hit 100 catches. It's quite extraordinary. So he's on pace to finish around about 140 catches, which is uh, madness. And he's had a very, very good season. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. But anyone who drafts him based on these 2021 numbers, they will go down. I tell you that now for free. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is out for the year with a shoulder injury. You know, very, uh, very high caliber cornerback. For the Ravens, as a massive loss, it was a, a long of the reason why John harbour went for two yesterday because they didn't have any corners and they didn't think, well, we don't have anyone to cover in, in overtime anyway, so we might as well try and win it now. And that was his reasoning. So it's a big loss for the Ravens, and and they continue to just keep getting injuries uh, at crucial times, and they've really been the most injured team all year. So the fact that they're still winning the division is testament to the coaching and playing ability of that team uh the nfl salary cap is going to have 208 million dollars in 2022 and long story short of it is most teams obviously will be in good shape uh the ones with the most cap space going into next year will be the dolphins the chargers the jaguars the bengals the washington football team all have anywhere between 61 and 77 million in cap space. The Colts just behind them and the Seahawks and even the Raiders. There's a few teams here with really good cap space, even the Jets. Jets got nearly 50 million in cap space, but they also have 46 players under contract next year. So some teams have a lot of money. Uh, there are some teams in real trouble though. Uh, the Saints, 61 million over already. There were no quick fixes. There's no quick and easy way to get rid of that money. So they've got so much of their money. I think they're second in the league in dead money. And that's always going to hurt them because they've got the Drew Brees money, which they spread out to try and stay on the cap this year. Basically, long story short, the Saints are going to be in trouble for a couple of years with their cap. Going to find it really difficult. Uh, Packers are next. They're like $39 million over. But, you know, we we don't know the the future of Aaron Rodgers. And if he gets traded, uh, they will be able to get rid of a huge chunk of that potentially. Um, the Cowboys, $12.5 over. I think they've got some ways to get over that. And then you've got the Vikings. uh uh, over as well about 7 million and again you're talking about a team that's void of a lot of talent uh, not getting wins not in the playoff conversation as it stands right now and they're over next year it's not a good sign when you are an all-in team and you've pushed in and you're over cap that's like the rams are pretty close the rams i think have got uh if they've got less than 3.6 million in space but they don't have a lot of holes so you know you work the cap you get a bit creative and you can work it when you're well down in cap, 61 million, you're not going to make the playoffs. Or, uh, you know, you are where the Vikings are, even though it's only 7 million, you're not going to make the playoffs. You have to ask yourself, you probably have not spent your money wisely. So, something those teams will have to do. Staying with Minnesota, Adam Phelan has ruled out. Uh, so, he's ruled out early against the Lions with an ankle injury. It's reported as a high ankle sprain. So, he's going to go under further testing. We're waiting to see what happens with him. Uh, Long story short, I would be adding uh, KJ Osborne. I'll get to that uh, in just a moment because I do think this is not something that will go away within a week or so. So just keep an eye on that injury. Uh, I could be wrong, but it's something to to keep an eye on. So that just catches us all up with with the news. In terms of the takeaways uh, from week 13, first of all is the tight end position. Um, Now, the tight end position is is skeptical. I'm always one of these people who just – I'm not too keen to invest in the tight end position all that much. I don't think it returns a a dividend uh, that frequently, and it's proving so again this year. Now, what do you do for the rest of the season? You've had players injury. you know, Logan Thomas now is going to be out for the year, the rest of the year after just coming back off IR. And we're really sort of down to the bare bones at, at tight end. The bottom line is just don't worry about it. Either just pick someone up every week and stream the position or just pick someone up and play. The reason I say that is... Uh, in terms of the yardage totals that tight ends pick up, uh, I'm just going to go over the last five weeks uh, since we've had a couple of injuries and just this downturn in, in, in tight end play in week nine, three players broke just 70 yards uh, in week 10. That was two players in week 11. We had a huge outline. Six players broke 70 yards receiving when the last two weeks, we've gone back to two players. So four in the last five weeks, only two or three players are broken that 70 yard mark. So realistically you're not conceding a lot and, you know, you're basically just going to hunt them the waiver wire for tight end matchups, and see if you can get someone who's a good fit uh, to potentially get you a touchdown. So my my advice is just don't worry about the position that much. Just pick someone up, put them in. It it, it doesn't realistically matter. uh The only time it matters is if you're in a matchup and you're playing against a Kelsey or Waller if he's fit, or a Kittle, anyone else. You're not even Mark Andrews or anyone it just doesn't matter all that much as, as we're seeing, you know, very infrequently tight ends are getting over 70 yards, receiving again, just averaging two or three a week for most most weeks is it's just pretty it's, it just tells you the position just isn't worth investing a lot of time in. Um but it's it's an interesting state of play for what happens at that position. Just had a question come through on the chat. Um how much longer before we say jefferson is the best wide receiver in the nfl not fantasy but like actual football yeah i mean he's, he's very good is he the best is he the best in the game i'm not so sure i, I think he's up there i think you he, he could put him in the top 10 easily right now i think he, you know for me he's had a great two years i think you have to look at the guys who have consistently done it over a significant amount of time and who continue to deliver year in year out regardless of the situation. So DeAndre Hopkins will be up there for me, uh, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Those are the sorts of guys, uh, potentially Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, These are the guys who are always in the upper echelon. But I think absolutely uh, what Justin Jefferson has done these first two years is, is absolutely incredible Who he's putting up some incredible numbers. And, and we're blessed in the NFL right now that there is an absolute plethora of wide receivers. Uh, in in the NFL that we can enjoy because it's definitely the most talent rich uh, position, definitely far more than any other position uh, in the NFL, and it's a great thing to see because we are in the passing league. Talked about tight ends already. I'm actually going to change course here and go to running backs, and I, I want to put some things on the radar when it comes to uh, running back um, running back downturns, and what I mean by by this is. I'm really interested in seeing what is going on at the running back position over the next, uh, over the last few weeks and how that's going to trend going forward. So we look at the running back position and let's start with, say, for example, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon got banged up and he's a heavy part of that Bengals offense. Now he's actually rushed for 77 times in the last three games. It's just not sustainable. Given his injury record he's just never really sustained that high level workload of getting that many touches in a, in a, in a, in a game. And so when you've got that tread on the tires, already got the injuries and you're getting that heavy workload, it can lead to, to injuries. And I, I do think, unfortunately, Joe Mixon is someone who I'm getting through the rest of the season thinking, I don't think I can put him in my top three because I just can see this burnout injury or something happened to him because of the fact I think he's been overused. And he has to be because they're effectively in this playoff race in its entirety, the AFC North. And and they're not in a position, there's no backups, there's no one that can alleviate him really, there's no one that they can share this workload with. They are literally going to run him off the rails. And what that's going to mean is unfortunately something's going to give and it will either be that he's burnt out and therefore cannot continue or he gets injured so i am very concerned by the usage of joe mixon over the last three weeks and we've seen him be banged up he spent time in the tent any other game especially as they're getting blown out um dave should have pulled him but they couldn't and that's a huge concern so I'm a bit worried about the usage of, of Joe Mixon, and it's one I would be slightly concerned about as a Joe Mixon uh, um, owner. A few situations here. Houston, you can just completely ignore it. You know, Rex Burkhead is a lead back, so what? He's he's not going to do it at fantasy football levels, so you can ignore Miami. This Miami situation has continued to confuse and um, baffle me for most of the season. And just when you think Miles Gaskin looks like he's turned the corner, is an abysmal day like he does yesterday with with Salvin Ahmed. And I really do believe that this is now a four headed monster. I think it's going to be a lot more Lindsay, a lot more Duke Johnson. I think this is a four way committee. I'm fading everybody in this offense now, in this running game for the rest of the season. I literally don't want any part of Gaskin. I don't want any part of Ahmed. If I'm heading the playoffs, I've got them in my teams. I might just keep Gaskin just on a bench so nobody picks him up and they go for the odd game if I've got the space. But I'm absolutely not having him in a starting lineup anywhere because you just cannot trust him in that kind of spot. Uh, Miles Sanders, we've got um, an ankle injury. Again, it's the same ankle, so it's one to keep an eye out. They do have a bye, which which is great news. So that does mean that we can hopefully see him recover. But if not Kenny Gamewell for me is the one who's getting the arrow out. Boston Scott was out for most of the week, um, and Kenny Gamewell definitely made the most of it. As did Mar Sanders as well, but he did pop out of that game a couple of times. So if anyone needed a buy, it was him more than anyone. Darrell Henderson, this is a really interesting one. Obviously he didn't play, or oh, he, he sort of played, but not really on on Sunday, and so as a result, you know Darrell, Darrell Henderson. I, I do believe now he's a huge arrow down candidate because they've seen now when they give Sony the ball that he can run it efficiently and the Rams are going to make the playoffs. So there's, there's absolutely no doubt that the Rams are going to be either a wild card team or they're going to be uh, a division winner. It's more than likely as we go through that they're probably going to be a wild card team. And in, in their thinking, they're thinking, well, we should probably just spread the ball and spread the love around over the next three weeks. Again, we're only concerned about the next four weeks now. And I am concerned that Darrell Henderson is going to lose some of this volume now because Sonny Michel's fresh. He's barely been used. I think you're going to see his usage, Darrell Henderson's usage go down. And I think he's in a timeshare now. I really believe he is in a committee with Sonny Michel. So I still think that Darrell Henderson is, is potentially startable. But I think, you know, whereas before we were projecting him to be on the fringes of the top 12 conversation at running back, I think he's much nearer to that 20 to 24 range uh, moving forward. So, you know, Sony Michel having a great day yesterday has really done him no favours at all. Um, And they will want to preserve him. James Robinson, that heel injury, you know, we hear on Saturday, oh, okay, it's actually a bit better. We think he's going to play. And then we don't really see much of him again. You've got to look at Jacksonville. Are they actually going to roll him out here with a, an ongoing heel problem when he's been arguably one of their best players? Probably not. I I think for me now, Robinson is is on the fringes of not even being a startable fantasy asset for the rest of the season until we see that he's going to have that workload. I think they're just going to give the ball to Carlos Hyde like we saw yesterday. I think they'll put the ball on the edge of the game script. I mean, it's a pretty horrible offense anyways. we've seen all season long. And I just think I'm looking at Robinson's usage and I'm more than a little concerned. And I think for me, that's... Um, he's someone I'm probably fading now. Um, I'm probably not going to start in teams. It's going to be very hard to start the rest of the season. Alex Collins has pretty much lost that job in Seattle now. There is a, a guy I would own, I'm going to save that in just a bit. But that's a four-way committee. Again... Not many pieces of that. I don't want Adrian Peterson, uh, Travis Homer, who knows, but you know, he he got 75 of his 80 yards off one play. I mean, congratulations to him, but is that sustainable? Probably not. Um, now, Clavis Hilaire is also in a committee. He's in a full blown committee. Um, now with, with Darrell Williams and, and that makes him a flex player best. He is someone who really is not going to return you what you paid in draft capital for him this season. He is someone and, you know, I've just listed off half a dozen running backs here. And unfortunately, the alternatives are not good either. So unfortunately, if you've got any of these backs and, and you know, you've got CEH, you might have to roll CEH out because you might not have another option. But just be prepared. He's not going to put up the numbers. He's not going to put up those double digit weeks every single week unless he gets in the end zone. He's almost touchdown dependent to be really relevant. So he is someone I'm, I'm very concerned about. Uh, as I've just mentioned, sort of six or so names there who are more so concerned about. So for me, CH he's in the committee now. He's not going to get any special treatment. He's not going to be any better than Daryl Williams. So keep an eye on that one. Make some moves uh, if you can and try and get some other bodies in. If you're worrying about who uh, the backups are, uh, two weeks ago on, the, on on this YouTube channel, You will see, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, go and find it on the YouTube channel. I do a chart of all the running backs why I stressed two weeks ago. Go and pick up the running backs because this whole situation now is, I mean, that information, I wouldn't say it's out of date. It's not, but the situation could be different. I'm talking about like Christian McCaffrey and in the space of of two weeks, we've probably lost 10 fantasy relevant uh, running backs through different circumstances and situations, but mostly through injury that's how quickly it changes is why you need the backups. And there's not many left on that wave of wire now, but you're going to just have to re and navigate those waters. But I'll give you some names uh, later on the show. One person you can drop completely is um, uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, he only got one target on Sunday. He didn't catch it. Um, he was playing at one point over 60% of the snaps. He's now not getting anywhere near that. It's pretty much cut uh, in half. And, and Sammy Watson... It, uh, Sammy, Watkins, not Sammy, Watkins, Sammy Watkins is now pretty much taken over that role so if you've been holding on to Rashard Bateman in, in season long you can cut him, he is gone uh, he is absolutely not going to help you for the rest of the season, you can sit and hope and uh, hold on to that flame but there's far better players on the waiver wire who are going to assist you so right, you can drop him um, is there any more depth at the running back position, what can you do uh, if you need running backs I mean you're going to have to troll the waiver wire listen to the running backs show i put together like not even two weeks ago uh get those handcuffs i mean you're not going to get madison now but abdullah someone you'll be able to grab um kenneth Gamewell is out there you know they're the sorts of players you're going to need to grab uh any other handcuffs if you're in those sort of 18 leagues you know grab as many handcuffs as you can get because they're the ones that are going to make the difference for the rest of the season uh, at least for the next week or two. I'm going to talk about how I'm going to change my strategy from next week and how you should too uh, in just a moment. So in terms of depth of the position, just get what you can. It is very lean out there, but definitely just, you know, definitely get to the point now where you get in the habit of picking up those handma- uh, handcuffs a little bit earlier. I wouldn't say you draft them, I'd say so you wait until about week eight, week nine, and then you start really clawing and picking them up um i've talked about uh one of the questions i got was what what can i expect from the change coordinator in, in carolina i've kind of already touched upon that uh, a lot more runs i think cam newton's an hour down disney moore's an down robbie anson's an down so they see completely different they're going to run the ball 30 35 times a game if we believe the press and what matt rule wants um, but the fact that they've appointed and, and promoted their running backs assistant coach tells me everything i need to know so for me i think um yeah, I'm a bit worried about those wide receivers. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton, if you're desperate for him, there's better options out there on, on the way for a while. Um, I'm still maintaining that. We talked about the strategy and this means even more now. When it comes to your flex positions, you should be starting wide receivers. It's just a given now because it's lost not that many good running backs. If you're in, a, if you're in the league and you've got three outstanding running backs, I have to question why you didn't trade one of them because you could have got an absolute haul um to go and get them like if you had Javonta Williams you weren't starting him because he was in a timeshare you could have sold him for an absolute song um because people are down to absolute bare bones but uh we are where we are you absolutely have to play wide receivers in your flex because there's so many more of them that are so much more relevant if you get those matchups right you're going to be in in a good spot um
0: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org.
1: In terms of upside players, based on what we saw in week 13, uh, Rashad Penny is the one I would own in Seattle. I think he looked like he had the most juice. He looks the most ready. He is a player that was drafted by the organization, which always helps. He's just never been fit. He looks fit now. I think for me, he's got a bit more juice. Uh, and they went to him when the game was on the line. And I think that's always my sort of telling point, my telling hand. Adrian Peterson didn't get it done. He got 11 carries, 16 yards. All right, he got the touchdown. Congratulations. But, you know, the big plays at the end, they went to Rashard Penny, and I think he is someone who, I'm not saying he will, but if I had to pick a back out there who was going to elevate and get themselves up and play that, be that upside player, Rashard Penny will be that. Russell Gage I've talked about for two weeks now, and I talked about him last week on the Fantasy Pro Show. I wrote about him in the Wave of Wire column. I put it in the Wave of Wire podcast. Go get Russell Gage. It was a great matchup. He exploited it. But he is that intermediary target. There's more coverage on Pitts. There's more coverage on Patterson. Uh, Gage is going to benefit heavily in that offense, especially as they're going to be behind a lot of games because they're just not a good football team. And that's always going to help Gage. So he's going to get these catches. i want on Rousey Brown. We saw the heroics yesterday. That's going to give him a lift and a juice. And I do think he's going to get um, some touches there, as is Josh Reynolds. I think both of those guys are probably worth a speculative ad. Taysom Hill at quarterback, he can throw four interceptions, but already rushes for 100 yards. It doesn't matter. He's still going to be fantasy relevant. He has got a slight injury, but he will play through it. Um, Kolkomet, of all the tight ends that are out there that are widely available, Kolkomet's probably the only one I'm interested in. If you can get Tyler Conklin still, he should be arrow up this week if if Adam Velen is out. But if not, Kolkomet is, you know, he didn't have a great game, but he's still got seven targets. We've seen that, you know, 70 yards is the pinnacle of fantasy football tight ends. So, Cole Komet, for me, if I'm out there, is, is the one tight end I'll probably own um, and just set and forget. All we talked about Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Eagles are running for close to 200 yards a game at the moment. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell's going to be part of that, be part of the passing game, and the PPR league, he should be owned. KJ Osborne, because of fat Anthony is going to be out, KJ Osborne should be owned. Uh, and picked up. I think he's available in 95% of leagues. Deontay Harris seems to be a target for Taysom Hill. So, I'd be these are the sorts of players i will be getting ready for a fantasy playoff push. I'd be having uh, in there. Now, before I talk about some strategy, I'm going to answer just a few questions that have come through on the Twitter machine. Um, that my good friend Dynasty Island Rich has come in, host of the Dynasty Football Podcast. So please do tune into that on Tuesdays. As Cammy said, if you could have one fantasy player. To build your roster around for the next five years at each position, who would I pick? It's a great question. Uh, quarterback. Quarterback would be Justin Herbert. Uh, wide receiver would probably be Justin Jefferson, who we talked about earlier, because I think you can take his numbers to the bank. Running back. None of them are going to last five years, so I'll take someone who's good and young. Um Probably Jonathan Taylor. Why not? Um, Tight end. Don't care. No fan. Or yeah, probably no fan. Probably no fan just because of age. Um, And I think he's he's always done quite well. And I think he'll only get better. I was really impressed with him when he came out uh, of college. Uh, So yeah, that's what I would do. So yeah, Justin, Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson. Uh, and a fan. Um, which defenses are you streaming in the playoffs, Rich? I'm going to come back to you uh, on that one uh, momentarily. Paul Pickens, uh, who's joined our patron basically both uh, Rich and Paul are patrons. So, you know, do join Patreon, fiveyearrush.com forward slash, or patreon.com forward slash five year rush. Um, a lot of people talking about league winners, um, but you had to pick one in each position. Who would you be looking at? And what team would you target because of the strength of the schedule? schedule i'm going to get to in a minute i do have that planned uh yeah i mean league winners is a tough one because anyone could be a league winner now um literally we saw it. cj anderson three or four years ago was, was a league winner uh, i talked about league winners a few weeks ago and i talked about javonta williams being a league winner someone i wanted on a lot of the teams uh to finish the run and that's exactly how it's panning out. I would have said last week or the week before, I would have talked about James Robinson being one, but with these injuries, I'm I'm now not longer saying that. So um, I do think when it comes to league winners, I think that term gets banned about probably a little bit too casually. Um, if I had to just pick from a complete pool of players, Tom Brady would be one because uh, I think he's probably likely to win the MVP and his schedule is as soft as anything coming in. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be one at the end of the season. Uh, If not, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, and Javonta Williams' schedule coming in looks nice. I think uh, they're probably your standouts. Even someone like Elijah Mitchell could could end up being a league winner, which is just balmy. You wouldn't have said that at the start of the season wide receivers I think anyone that finished anyone that was drafted in that top sort of 5 or 10 where you paid for them, Cooper Cup probably looks the the biggest value of, of, a, of a league winner but even someone to, like to Renfro is coming through as a bit of a league winner with the volume that he's getting uh, through right now so I'd have that, I don't think there were league winners at tight ends I think we've just sort of seen this this year you'd easily say Kittle or Kelsey but right, Kittle had a great game yesterday but do it 3-4 weeks in a go and, and I'll sit up and take notice but Right now, I wouldn't say there's a league winner at at tight end, really. I mean, they're difference makers over the rest of the field, but I don't think they're a league winner in a more traditional sense. So uh, I'm just checking if there's any more questions. There's not. So I'm going to get into the final part of the show, which is talking about um, fantasy playoffs and roster management at this point of the season. So as we get through week 14 now, if you are in a must-win situation this week, then postpone this strategy but if not if you're going to make the playoffs you're in a pretty comfortable position and we'll make the playoffs then absolutely what you should do is think about um, how you manage that situation and so for me I, I talked about my bench management strategy a few weeks ago I said I'll be having four running backs all of them will be handcuffs. now if you follow that advice you picked up Juba Hubbard and you picked up uh alexander madison you picked up those players you are cruising to the playoffs and are potentially beyond jamal williams for example you're in a really really strong position for the rest of the season if you didn't follow that advice you're going to find it very difficult because you, you might be void if you've got injuries of that position you might find it a real struggle um but now we get into the playoffs that mentality shifts because We were gambling to get the best players in our rosters for the playoffs. Now we've got to be playoff ready. So we've got to change the way that we approach the game. And actually, we need to have a little bit of insurance on our bench to cover an injury. So before we were thinking about we can ride it out, we'll find a replacement. Now there's no trades. The waiver wire is thin. It's pretty much been rinsed. You now need to think about strengthening your roster so that if you lose a player to COVID or you lose a player to a close contact or uh, a late injury pickup in warm-ups or training or practice, you need to have a sufficient backup at every position that's going to be able to come in and play. So your roster management changes. It goes from being heavily handcuffed-based and shooting for the moon, thinking if these guys land, great. Now it's a case of if the waiver wires are rinsed, you don't have a quarterback, you're in real trouble. Now, luckily for most people, Taysom Hill is available in sixty, seventy percent of leagues. So, just go add Taysom Hill, or go add Tua or someone like that. They're really the two I would target, and you'll be fine. I would just have either of them on my bench. I know Tua's on buy this week. That's fine. You can live with him on buy this week if you've got a decent starter, uh, top twelve starter, but. If you lose a player like a Brady to a close contact, you're never going to replace Brady. So what you need to do is get the next available thing. So a Taysom Hill, or Tua Tagovailoa, a Cousins, if he's out there, they're the sorts of players that fill this role quite nicely as that insurance backup. And you need to have one on your roster now. So I said weeks ago, drop your quarterbacks. It 100% is the right play because if you invested in those running backs and you picked up those handcuffs like Mattson, like Pollard, like Hubbard, you are absolutely dancing the merry dance right now because you've got so much depth at at flex position at running back where no one else has. You have such a massive advantage over the rest of the field that you probably have propelled yourself into playoff contention, maybe even getting a bye. That's why it's the right play. Now it's the right play to be a little bit more conservative. So get that quarterback back on your bench now, ready for the playoffs. Make sure you've got one quarterback on your bench for the playoffs. Um I tend to go at this point two running backs and two wide uh sorry three running backs uh and two wide receivers or two running backs two two wide receivers and a tight end it all depends on what the tight ends are on the waiver wire. So I I like to have two running backs and typically ones who are going to be able to come in and play. You can gamble on the handcuff upside. It's less likely to come off as each week goes. Unless you've listened to some of this advice, be looking at Cincinnati's backup, whoever it might be, Samarji Pirine, he probably right now is the best bet. He's someone who maybe you stash. If you if you don't need to win this week, stashing someone like Samarji Pirine could make a lot of sense because that's a, a chip you can cash. Uh, same goes with Benny Snell. It's another player who you can potentially for another week um, hold, see what if anything happens to Najee Harris. And they're the sorts of players I'd be targeting and potentially holding um just for a week. And then I like to have one of those pe- one of those players based on who I think is is potentially gonna have the most value. I keep one of those and I keep a more solid uh running back option that tends to be a Naheem Hines, uh JD McKissick. Those sort of Devonta Freeman, is another one you can pick up, by the way, who would be really solid. That's sort of caliber of player who will put up points maybe not as many points as we uh would hope or wish or pray for but points that will definitely uh help out if you get a late contact you need to put some points on your bench so i tend to go one handcuff one solid contributor um or i tend to go two handcuffs one solid contributor uh then two wide receivers again i tend to just go for players who i can really rely and count on so hopefully at this point i've got someone like a Hunter Renfro on my bench or someone similar to that ilk of player who's going to consistently get me that 10 to 13 points that I need. Russell Gage right now I think is an excellent bet uh, to fill that hole. KJ Osborne, those are the sorts of players you kind of want on your your bench right now. Uh, You you know, you not necessarily might be praying or hoping to use them, but you need to know you've got a player who can come in and score 10 to 13 points in your flex uh, if you're desperate. But those players are heavily underrated in fantasy football. So make sure you get some of them on your roster. And then depending on what the tight end pool is like, it's very thin at this stage. If Cole Komet's out there, I'm adding him. Uh, but I mean, if you missed the Pat Free move train that I told people for a while and put in my waiver wire column, I think for three or four weeks, I lost count. Um, that's it now. Pretty much uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, if he's going to come back, might, might be worth an add. For Washington, that's kind of it. There isn't anyone else I'd uh, want to be speculating or adding uh, at this stage. I, I certainly wouldn't be touching Gerald Everett after yesterday's game. Wouldn't shock me if he was cut at some point. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm changing my roster management now. So moving away from having exclusively a lot of hand, uh, handcuffs and, and shooting for the moon to being a lot more conservative. So you know, take that advice and stash your bench with meaningful players now, um, without trading what can i do to increase my chances to win there's a lot of things that go into the playoffs now you you think about it we've only got 3 weeks left of the fantasy football season after this week it's all in the playoffs i'm looking at strength of schedule which i'm going to get to in just a minute uh i'm playing the wave of wire i'm making sure that i'm you know adding players i'm constantly refreshing my bench uh, as much as possible make sure i'm adding players and you know make sure i've got the best matchups and the best players available and you can get that information from me, either via Patreon uh, or via listening to the podcast, do my best to share this on here as much as possible. But I'm studying my opponents. I'm studying the matchups. I'm seeing where they're weak. I'm seeing where they're strong. I'm thinking about what they're going to uh, potentially try and do. Uh, and if they get an injury, make sure I'm picking up their backups, their handcuffs and making it uh, a lot more difficult for them to just get free reign uh, and do something on there. So, um, I'm studying those matchups. I'm studying everything I can to make sure that we've got all the right players in place to make it more difficult for them. And if they get a late injury, make sure I'm picking up the necessary blocker, whether that's a kicker, a DST, um, a wide receiver, uh, uh, a backup quarterback just to make their life that, that little bit difficult. Don't give away anything for free. This one's something I do and something that not a lot of people do. Um, and I fake my lineup. So what I do is, in some leagues, especially home leagues, leagues I care about, I, um, submit the wrong lineup. And what I mean by that is I deliberately put players on my, on my flex who I'm actually not going to play, um, more shoot the moon types. So like it's Sean Jackson's a great one for this once I go out and do it cause it's obvious now, but, um, I will have a few shoot the moon players and make it look like I'm trailing, um, because I'm playing for like that high reward and make it seem like I'm pushing my chips all in and, and going for the kill. And that will lead my opponent to potentially play more conservative. This doesn't always happen, by the way. But I look to see, is my opponent trying to play me and um, my team, or are they just setting the lineup that they want to set? Now, I always set up my lineup based on who I'm playing, more often or not. Um, if I'm in a matchup and I think I'm going to control it, I'll be slightly more conservative if I'm going to trial that matchup quite clearly, I'm going to shoot for the moon and put dart throws in and the same comes to the playoffs. So potentially if I think I'm in control of it, I might fake my lineup and put a load of dart throws in it, make it look like that the other player is in control. That might lead them to be a little bit more conservative. That would then lead me to put out my lineup to give me an even stronger edge because I take away their big player play ability and then change it right before, the six o'clock so there's no time to amend it um or and i've been known to do this is not set a lineup until the very end so literally take everyone out and sit it as a bench obviously then you lose the advantage because they know what you're doing they kind of sussed it and then you're not going to get true information so i tend to put a fake lineup it looks pretty real i'm not changing the whole thing i'm changing two maybe three positions max um but that might give you that extra 1% edge. And it might not work. But if it does, that might be the difference between you lifting a trophy at the end of the year and not. So just a couple of little subtle subtle hints and, and tips that you can use. All right, conscious I'm getting to the hour mark now. Uh This one's about 50 minutes, which is longer than I thought it was going to be when I found out I was going to be talking uh, on my own all the way through here. And I appreciate you sticking with me uh, through this. I'm just checking there's no more. Uh, questions of yet so i'm just going to go through uh the strength of schedule uh information Uh, i've had a few questions uh, about this it does sort of change uh every week but i'm going to go through this as best as possible don't have all the data from uh sunday's game so this is still going a little bit off last week's uh data so i'm looking at this and i'm thinking about what team what positions am i streaming and who's got good matchups. so i'm going to start at at quarterback, if I look at the rest of the season, so I'm looking at just well, I'm only looking at one game, so next week if i'm if I'm thinking I need a win and in uh I mean you might not want to hear this, but Teddy Bridgewater is a really good matchup. Cam Newton has a really good matchup, Taysom Hill has a really good matchup. Russell Wilson has a really good matchup uh Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good matchup, right Tannehill has a really good matchup, so there's six QBs you can potentially target to have really really good matchups in the playoffs the quarterbacks with the best matchups as it stands right now and this doesn't mean that you start them by the way Jared Goff (laughs) Jared Goff um uh Trevor Lawrence uh, Kyler Murray uh Jimmy Garoppolo actually has the best so Jimmy Garoppolo's At that threshold, someone who I would definitely have on a bench as my backup because of the fact he has a very, very good matchup for the playoffs. Uh, He has the Atlanta Falcons, the Tennessee Titans, and the Houston Texans in Championship Week. And that is a really tasty matchup to want to have in Championship Week. The other one who's got a great matchup is uh, Russell Wilson in Week 17. He has... Uh, the Detroit Lions, and Mac Jones has the Jaguars. So there's some really good Week 17 matchups to think about. But yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, for me, if I'm thinking about streaming a quarterback or having one for the end-of-season uh, playoffs, who's sitting on a wave of wire right now, Jimmy Garoppolo could be a really good shout of someone who is widely available. You can own Matt Ryan also has a really good schedule because he has the 49ers, Uh, the Detroit lions and then week 17 yes, Buffalo. So not great, but those first two games, Matt Ryan is potentially an option, uh, as well. Um, other ones like, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a good matchup, but you know, the other thing with this is talent will prevail. So talent will always prevail. And if you've got great players, regardless of how difficult the matchup is, they're always going to shine through. Like for example. I'm just looking at this now. Tom Brady's first two rounds of the playoffs, he's got the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers, who are, you know, what they call negative matchups for quarterbacks, I'd still play Tom Brady every week. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm playing him every week because he's the number one QB in football as it stands right now. So there's a few options there. Um, One's to definitely avoid his handcuffs. uh, Definitely... um, Big Ben, he's got a terrible schedule coming through. Derek Carr has a terrible schedule. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is really bad, but obviously you play him. Cam Newton's in the playoffs is, is the worst. He's got the absolute worst. Don't be relying on Cam Newton to try and deliver you a title. It's very unlikely to happen, and then you've got the, the changes as well. We get into the running back position, week 14. Um... Atlanta if Mike Davis which I doubt is is out there Mike Davis could be one that could be owned um, potentially I'm not going to say he's going to be absolutely brilliant but he could be in consideration for possible flex because he has a good matchup and he has a good matchup in week 16 as well and they did get some success running the ball yesterday. Chuba Hubbard is a great matchup uh, next week because he's playing the Atlanta Falcons who are the worst run defense on the board Um. Javonta Williams is great. I mean, Gervonta Williams' the schedule the whole way is is absolutely superb. He's got the Detroit Lions next. It gets better. He's got the Bengals who can't stop the run. Then he's got the Raiders, and he finishes off with the Chargers, who, again, can't stop the run. So it's absolutely brilliant for Javonta Williams, which is why I really liked his schedule. I really thought uh, he was going to be someone who was going to be key in the playoffs. If Swift gets back um, soon... He's going to have a good couple of weeks, but he does face the Seahawks in week 17, which is a slight down arrow, but not nothing really overly to be scared about. Um, James Robinson had a phenomenal schedule, but now he's injured. I don't think Carlos Hyde's going to get enough work to make that count. Uh, Austin Eckler's uh, workload should be pretty good. He's got an excellent schedule coming in uh, for the rest of the season as well, so you should be pretty primed and happy to be using him. Uh, On the fringes here, I mean, San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell, I think is potentially a league winner. His schedule coming in is is absolutely ridiculous. Now for the next four games, he's got the Bengals and then he's got the Falcons and then he's got the Titans and then he's got the Texans. It's just an absolute dream slate. Lenny Fournette, Week 16-17, has great matchups as well. Antonio Gibson has pretty decent matchups. Saquon Barkley doesn't have bad matchups. So, there's quite a few running backs, the ones that are healthy, but to be honest, the, the running back position now is in such a place that anyone who's fit will basically do if they're gonna get the workload. David Montgomery's schedule is really good. Tough week sixteen well, not really, I mean it's against the Seahawks, but you know, it depends how that game plans out. Um but he has some really good schedule good schedules there. David Montgomery he looks like he's he's fit again so he looks like he's gonna do great work and depending on what happens in Cincinnati, their schedule is really good as well. Moving on to the wide receiver position um for week fourteen, Denver's pass catching uh duo. Uh Green Bay's looks really good. Uh the Giants, but it depends on who's healthy. Deontay Johnson, Johnson has a really good uh week fourteen. Um Tennessee, if Julio Jones looks like he's coming back, he could really benefit in week fourteen. Uh, Washington Terry McLaurin as well. Terry McLaurin has a bit of an, an up and down slate here. He's got um Dallas um twice in the next four games, which is a great matchup, but then he's got the Eagles uh twice in the next four games, so that's where the up and down goes um for him. Um, the Cardinals tough matchup this week against the Rams, but afterwards. They've got a pretty decent matchup um, that they can pass on. So you'd like their tr- uh, their trio quadruple set to, to definitely light it up. Russell Gage's schedule is pretty good until he plays the Bills in week 17. So i like him to get um, a significant amount of work. Um, I'm looking at a few others here um, for potential sort of waiver wire candidates uh, that we've talked about. Minnesota for the next couple of weeks is... Is pretty solid. You know, they're playing the Steelers, which is tough, but not impossible. Then they play the Bears, which is a great matchup. So KJ Osborne for the next two weeks is a a pretty tidy pickup. Uh, The Jets, Elijah Moore, you can feel comfortable starting him against the Saints and then the Dolphins. uh, And then he's got a great matchup against the Jags in week 16 before he's got a tough matchup against the Buccaneers in week 17. But with their injuries at corner, it could also be really play into their hands. So I like um, Elijah Moore to potentially have a really good run here for the rest of the season as well. Um, Seattle or another team. They've got the Rams in week 15, but other than that, really good schedule for the playoffs as well. But Houston and Brandon Cooks ironically have the best playoff schedule, but it is only Brandon Cooks who, if anyone, could take advantage of it. But then we've got to see what happens at the position. Tight ends. I mean, looking at the tight end position now, um, because there's just not many. I mean, Noah Fant's schedule looks pretty good until championship week. So he's someone you feel confident on. Um, San Francisco, George Kittle's schedule looks absolutely amazing. So he's probably your best bet. But again, he's not going to be uh, available. So I look at someone like Cole Komet, who's got a difficult couple of games here against the Packers. Uh, and the Vikings, but I still think he's going to be needed. But then those last two games, he's got Seattle and the Giants. They're very good matchups for tight ends. So I do feel that Cole Komet is someone here who should be owned a lot more uh, than he is, and I feel like his matchups will be very, very good uh, for the final three weeks of the season, although he does start in a more difficult fashion. But it gets easier as it goes along. Um, TJ Hawkinson's schedule is pretty good. Um James O'Shaughnessy, if you're looking at a potential like well out there left field pick, um James O'Shaughnessy's got a decent schedule at tight end, but do you really want to trust Urban Meyer and that Jags offense? I wouldn't. Daz Goddard has a great schedule uh for the rest of the season as well. So you can feel confident on some of those. But again, go back to like wire who's available. James O'Shaughnessy could be someone who who could be decent. Uh, for you, who's out there? Cole Komet, as I've mentioned, they're probably the two. Um, CJ Zuma actually has a, a pretty good schedule. So he's got the Broncos and then the Ravens, who are the worst, or one of the worst against uh, tight ends, and then the Chiefs. So that's a good uh, set of circumstances for CJ Zuma as well. So there's a few names. Rich asked me about defences. So I guess I better cover that off. And I said the two I would own all the way through that were streamable um, were the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins. They were the two I was going to try and dovetail all the way through. The Titans have the Jaguars, and then they have the Steelers, and then they got, I wouldn't say the most difficult game, but the most difficult of their schedule is the 49ers, and then they finish with the Dolphins. Um, The Dolphins' schedule is pretty sweet for the playoffs. They've got the Jets, then the Saints, um, but they finish with the Titans. But I don't think they're as widely owned anymore. You could do Tennessee, and then for that week uh, 16 game, partner them with the Chargers, who have the Texans. That's probably a really good match. So You could go um, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chargers, Tennessee, if you want to. Uh, Kent, Kansas City have a really good matchup that week as well in week 16. Jacksonville's defense isn't uh, isn't bad for the first couple of rounds in the playoffs, but they do finish with the Patriots, which uh, I wouldn't want to be relying on. Uh, the Browns, weeks 15, 17, look reasonably good. Um, so they've got a pretty decent schedule, but they do have the Green Bay Packers in week 16, so you want to probably get away from that one. Uh, a little bit. But yeah, like I said, the, the Chiefs are pretty good. And they're hot at the moment. They do have the Chargers week 15. So you might want to pivot away from that. But again, they could be playing the Bengals, who could be out of contention or could be in the playoffs by then. And then the Steelers. So that's a pretty good uh, set of circumstances for them. The Chargers, again, look tasty. They're making some plays. Good week this week for them. But for me, um, I mean, the, the, the defense with the best schedule is, is the Buccaneers, but they're not going to be owned anywhere. So I would go with Tennessee. Um, Tennessee then I would bench them in week 16 but keep them and go to um, go to the Chargers. or what you could do if you just want to stream you could stream the next two weeks you could stream Tennessee then you could pivot to the Chargers. and if you're lucky you can get Sam Fran who have the Texans uh, the 49ers have the Texans I'm basically targeting anyone who has the Texans Uh, tend to be a pretty good uh, route to go down like I said, the Jags have them in week 15, so that could be something you want to go down, but I don't want to rely on that Jags defence as much. So give me the Titans. They've got, you know, the Jags next week, then the Steelers, who I, I just love. I think they can get the turnovers in those games. And then if you don't want to play against them in the 49ers, when again, they Trey Lance is in, that becomes a lot more attractive uh, as a matchup. But if not, you could pivot to the Chargers, and then you could go with either the 49ers, in week 18, or you could go back to Tennessee who play Miami. Either way, I'm pretty happy with either of those matchups um, as a streaming element for the rest of it. Um, and if you want any more information on that, feel free to get in touch. But like I said, I will answer some questions. Uh, but if I get tons, then the only way you can guarantee to answer them is via our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 5-yard rush. I think that's going to get me to the... It's just got me over. Ah, uh, Here we go. Um, Someone pretending to be Memphis has just asked me uh, Seattle DST or Titans DST for week 16-17. Um, I would always take the Titans there or those Seattle do have the Bears and that is attractive. The Lions are playing hard. Uh, You'll get turnovers there off Goff, but Yeah, I'd I'd probably take the Titans because I think what I'd look to do is it's difficult to stream three or four times. Like it's quite a difficult path, especially if someone's clued up in your league, uh, is either watching this or is watching other shows and is picking up the streaming defenses every week. So at least with the Titans, I can look at them and go, I'm going to play them every week, maybe skip the 49er game and plan to get someone in that week, hold them for championship week. Um, But I think you can get turnovers on on the Dolphins. But again, you know, you look at Seattle and you think, okay, I've got the Bears and the Lions. And it looks on paper like it's not too bad. But the problem with Seattle is they're just not making that many plays on defense. They're not getting that many turnovers. They're not getting that many fumbles. There's not the talent there that there is on the Titans, D, who have really shown up this year and they have beaten some very, very good teams. And that's the other element. I'm not thinking about points. I'm thinking about turnovers. I'm thinking about who's going to get those turnovers. I don't think I wouldn't back Seattle to be um a team that would get a lot of turnovers over a team like the Titans who consistently work the ball and get turnovers by some of the coverages and coaches that they get. So that's why I would lean and go with the Titans. Um thank you very much for tuning in. Please do check out all the rest of the podcasts uh, across the week. I did get a question about our um fan team contests. Uh, those are not likely to continue for the rest of the year um They have been really good fun, we appreciate all the guys at fan team for getting involved uh and giving some contests away but I think with the d f s slate sort of slowing down for the rest of the year made a decision to maybe look at that next year and see how things are then so um no more d f s contests through fan team, but do you continue to use fan teams um games they're going to be running games for the rest of the season and the guys that are doing the DFS pod will continue to go through for those of you that do uh, want to get involved for the rest of the season so uh, do check them out on Thursday nights but until later on the week and next week don't forget as always